Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. It's another week, which means it's another episode of the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Thanks for coming back. I just can't thank you guys enough for coming in week in and week out listening to the great content of the show. We've had some great guests on, and today you get to have me, your host, Connor Bowserman. So today, I really want to just hit home on one particular topic that I, I covered way, way back at the beginning of this podcast in episode two in the Circle Talk, but I really wanted to reiterate and really hit home on just this one topic, and that's emergency funds. I think the need for that is self-explanatory why people need it, but I'll just throw some facts out there for you as well. One of them is that 51% of Americans do not have three months of emergency fund savings, and then half of that, so roughly 25% of the United States, don't have any savings at all. And the more you'd go into that, the more that you would realize that a vast majority of Americans don't have enough savings, especially when it comes to an emergency fund. And the studies have shown, too, that since COVID, it's gotten worse. And so it's really important to make sure that you have this really nailed away, especially as a young American, because the number one stressor when it comes to millennials is, is finances. So it's really important to make sure that this is taken care of almost before any of these investments and house goals, paying down loans, all that kind of stuff. It's really, really important to make sure that this emergency fund is, is in place. And it's for the self-explanatory, the things that don't, that, that come up that you weren't planning for. Um, but it's also to allow you to have a peace of mind that will allow you to have financial stability through really hard times. I can look back over my life and just even the past couple of years and tell you that an emergency fund was, was so important, whether that was a career transition, whether that was when we needed a new car, whether that was for when we had bought a house and we hadn't sold our other one and we had two mortgages, whether that was during Isaiah's surgeries and being out of work, whether that was taking a leap when it came to my career and having variable income. These are all instances where I could lean on an emergency fund and it was really important that I had that built up. And then more recently, one, just allowing Nicole to be able to stay home and being on one income, and then even my income being variable too, it was really important to make sure I had a sufficient emergency fund in place. And so there's a lot of reasons to have it. And so I, I think it's self-explanatory and most people do not have it. And they really want to just jump right into investments. They want to jump into saving for their 401k, whatever it may be. But at some point in time, there's going to become an emergency. And and you're going to need this account to be able to lean on. So let's go into how to save for it. If, if you are in that side of the boat where you don't have enough, then we need to make sure that we start cutting some kind of expenses and setting up a budget to be able to save for it. And again, you need three to six months of an emergency fund. And three to six months of expenses, not necessarily income. Now, most people spend every dollar that they have. So it might be three to six months of income, but for most people, and the way to set this up is to look at a budget and really look at your expenses that 
are your primary or the the needs of your of your budget and making sure that you have that set aside in three to six months of that. Now, three months is sufficient for somebody who's maybe single, has a stable job. Three three months is fine there, or you are a dual income household and you have both pretty stable jobs. Then that's when three three months is adequate and again a minimum where I would lean more towards six months if you have uh, a single income household like Nicole and I, or if you're looking at something like you have variable income, and those would be instances where I would push more for a six months rather than three. And then the goal is once you even have three or even one month is just to continue to build and build and build even beyond the three to six months. Now, once you get to the six months, then it's not really important to go beyond that. That's when we'd start looking at maybe some kind of an investment account to take a little bit more risk. But if there's a certain situation or you maybe are in a really high income paying job that could be kind of variable, whether it's like your contracted position or um, a high risk type position where the company, like say a startup, maybe that would be a reason to have more than six months, especially because it's going to be harder to find a job like that. But ideally three to six months is what we want to shoot for. So again, going back to how to save for it, that means you've got to start cutting something to be able to save for it, to be able to put that money into that account. And then once you have that money built up into that emergency fund, then you can go back to, to normal life, whether that was saving more, paying down loans, paying down debt, but just making sure that you have that emergency fund in place because it is so, so important. And the reason for that is, again, you don't want to go back into debt because you don't have this emergency fund in place. And I give the example of making sure you have insurance along with an emergency fund because that creates that safety net for your investments that you're putting in place. I also want to emphasize the idea of consistency in all this. Whether you're putting 50 bucks away or 100 bucks a month, there needs to be some money that you're setting aside to continue to build this emergency fund. The only time you could maybe stop that is, again, once you get up to that six months or more. And, and just having some kind of automation there is really, really helpful. Maybe that's an account that's drafting $50 or $100 a month into some kind of a savings account. Just making sure that it's getting automatedly and, and done because if you just are like, oh, I'll just transfer it when I have time, well, generally you're going to spend that money or it's just not going to happen. So just making sure that you make this a priority and a goal and then if you can automate the process, it's going to make it go a lot easier. So now let's kind of get into where to put an emergency fund. I have some clients that have a pretty big emergency fund, and so they maybe have some kind of a balanced investment fund or something like that. But generally, I encourage people to just have money ready in the bank for those emergencies that pop up. And even the people who do have the money that's in investments, that's usually like the afterthought, like, hey, if, if I need something right now, I have money in the bank. But if it's something where I need money in six months, this is the, the other account that I'll go to. But making sure that this emergency fund is your safe money. Do not try to take risk for it. It's, it's not meant to be invested in, in these really high-risk investments. These are what usually would be called cash equivalents. These would be your savings accounts, your money markets accounts, maybe even a high-yield savings account at a bank or credit union. A CD can often work, especially if you're 
say you have six months of savings, maybe three months is, is in a cash or a money market, and then three months is in a CD. Or you can sometimes ladder depending on how much money is in that account. But making sure that it's accessible, but not super easy to get at. I know this can be really hard, especially for the spenders out there, that if they have this money in just a savings account, they might look at that as, oh, well, I really want that camper. I could really use that new car. Well, I'll just go there and then I'll, I'll start to replenish it again. Well, that's not really an emergency. That was just you spending your money. <laughs> so making sure that you have this money set aside for an emergency. And sometimes the best way to do this or the best way to set it up is to put money into a different credit union or bank, especially if you bank at more than one uh, institution. That can sometimes make it a little bit tougher to, to get money. You can obviously get at it really quickly, but like for example, I'm at a main credit union that I use day in and day out. It's my main uh, checking account and savings account, but then I have another credit union that's just an extra savings, and that's where I would go if I do need some kind of an emergency. Um, I've obviously got some money on hand if I needed it right away, but I have it in a different account that just makes it a little bit harder to get at. Another thing to look at is like FDIC insurance or NCUA. This is just making sure that that money is safe in case that institution were to, to close its doors. It just basically guarantees not only your money, but also the interest rate that, that's being promised on it. Most commonly with like CDs or something where there's an interest rate stated on that, on that fund. I know this is one of the quickest episodes I've had to date but I hope you grab some valuable information and at least one nugget that you can take with you and hopefully share with your friends and family. Please be sure to like and follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This just helps other great people like yourself to be able to find this podcast. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowserman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services.